the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we were to stop and check you, would you be guilty of LUI, living under the influence? We're going to take a look at John chapter 14 and see what it is to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Next. Hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. On a Pentecost Sunday, our teacher and pastor spent some time in John chapter 14, helping us understand what it means to live in the influence of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? How do we live our lives if we are under his influence? These are questions we'll be answering here today on Times of Refreshing. Won't you join us? From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, our teacher and pastor. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. St. John chapter 14, verse 15. Look what Jesus says. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says, and I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. Somebody say helper. Helper. Oftentimes, we have a helper, but we act like we don't need help. He is the helper. King James says comforter. He is the paraclete. He comes alongside us. He walks with us. He wants to have influence in our lives. And if I need help, the first person I should be calling upon is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, help me. This is what you've been sent in the earth to do and is part of your ministry is to help me. Now, I talk about this all the time, but I want to reiterate this because this has to be clear for us as we're going towards the end of this age. I have a helper with me. My helper is going to walk beside me. Whoo, I just feel the whole anointing of God right here. He's going to walk alongside me and he's going to help me to continue on with God And to stay in tune with God's purpose for my life. He says, and I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Look at your neighbor and say forever. Forever. And this is what we have to realize that the Holy Spirit, he wants to abide with us. Now we've got to do what we're supposed to do. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to resist the Holy Spirit. We don't want to neglect the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't want to do those things that could that could push him out of our lives and away from us. But the issue that we've got to grab a hold of here is, is that he wants to abide. Somebody say abide. Abide. He wants to dwell. He wants to rest. He wants to walk with you every day. Every day of your life. He wants to be right there. And he is right there. 
The, the question is, am I conscious of him? Am I aware of him? And am I allowing him to lead and to govern my life? Jesus is telling these disciples, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to sit. You're going to get another helper. But how often do we just do our own thing? How often do we think we just got it all figured out? How often do we neglect the Holy Spirit when he's trying to speak to us and communicate with us and help us so that we can live productive life? A lot of times when we think about the Holy Spirit, the first thing that comes to our mind, and I think it's, I think it's wrong in some ways, the first thing that comes to our mind is just, well, miracles and signs and wonders and power. And, and those things are good and God does those things through the power of the Spirit of God. But I don't know about you, I just want the Holy Spirit to help me to live right. And to make the right decisions I need as I'm going through my daily life. And if there needs to be a miracle, the power of God, I know he's there for that. But, but man, I, I just want to make sure the Holy Spirit helps me so I can be effective on my job. Can I have an amen, y'all? And I can, be, I can be an effective husband and father and pastor. And just go through my daily life as I'm, if I'm going into the grocery store, that I take the right turns in there. Oftentimes what happens, we want the power and, and we need that. But man, can we just, Holy Spirit, just help me to live. Yes, sir. To live. He said that he might abide with you forever. Look at verse 17. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be where? In you. He says, I will not leave you orphans. He says, I will come to you. I will come to you. He says, the spirit of truth, reality, that which is real. The Holy Spirit is always going to lead us to that place of reality. He's going to deal with deception in our lives. He's going to deal with self-deception in our lives. He's going to expose those things that are in our lives that are error and, and things that are dark. He's going to bring those things to the light. That's part of his ministry in our lives. Sometimes people, they come to church and they get frustrated because maybe some of their sin or hidden things are being exposed. Well, if the Holy Spirit is in your life, things are going to get exposed. He's going to bring things to the surface and that is a good thing. I want the light. I want the light. Can I have an amen? Lord, bring it to the light. I just want to make sure it's light. And so what happens is for us, we have to stop and say, God, help me to embrace the truth. Because if I do not love truth, there's no way that I can truly have an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because he's going to, he is the spirit of truth. Where there is falsehood and lies and hypocrisy and things of that nature, he's going to cause those things to be brought to life all of us have to say god here i am i am a canvas that is open for you paint upon my life the realities of things bring things to the surface that need to come to the surface so that the spirit of truth is constantly having his way in my life well this is who he is he's also gonna he's not only just gonna expose the truth or or or, or things that are going on in 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 us but around us, the Holy Spirit is good. He is good for letting you see where there's a trap and there is a setup. He'll pull the cover off. Don't go watch that person. 
Don't get involved in that. Why? He's the spirit of truth. He's going to cause, I know what they said, but this is what they didn't say. This is how the Holy Spirit operates in our life. Jesus would come and, and he would be sitting there. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit that when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and people came to trip him up, he'd look at them. And he would know what the real agenda was. That was the Holy Spirit. Giving him the wisdom that he needed in that moment in his humanity to make the right decisions and to see things exposed that needed to be exposed. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Oh, they at the water cooler and they talking. And you come up on the scene and then they try to reel you into the conversation. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you, hey, don't get involved in that. They're going to try to set you up. It's the Holy Spirit. But we have to learn to be sensitive and conscious of him. And this is why I love what he says here. It, he says, because, verse 17, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. They're not conscious of him, but you are. Why? Because he dwells in you and he is with you. Saints, we have to be sensitive. And then realize at the end of the day, Jesus did not leave us as orphans. He didn't say, I'm gone, y'all got it. He said, I'm gone, but he's here. And he's going to be with you, he's going to be in you, and I have not left you as orphans. The Holy Spirit is right there with you. But what we do oftentimes, saints, is we think that we're all alone, but you are never alone. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's with you, and he wants to lead you. Go to chapter 16, and we're going to look at verse, verse 5 on down. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me, God the Father, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. He says, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And so, and I want to just stop right here. Understand that when, when the Holy Spirit was sent into the, into the world to have impact upon our lives the way that he's doing, that he came as a sent one. He came as a sent one with authority, with power, with might to help us to get to where we need to get to and to accomplish every task that God has assigned for our life. Understand, you have the greatest influence and power that is available to you that has ever been experienced upon the face of this earth. You, and, and I, want you to, I want you to see this. It's what caused, he is, is, this presence of the Spirit of God is what caused Jesus to accomplish his task. Jesus is saying, I sent the Spirit of God to help you the same way he helped me. And the same way that I was effective in the earth is the same way you can be effective as you yield to his influence in your life. He says, it's to your advantage that I leave. It's to your advantage. He says, 
He says that I go away. He says the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him. He's sent on a mission to impact your life. What is it in your life that, that, that what is it that you need to accomplish for God? The Holy Spirit is going to help you get it done. Think about this. You know, one of the problems that I see that happens with church sometimes and planting churches and doing stuff for God is sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time, but saying sometimes our creativity gets in the way. Our brains start going. Our brains start going too much. And we start, well, we need to do this. And maybe we do this. And, and, and we start getting so creative that the Holy Spirit is sitting back saying, looks like you got this, don't you? It's, it's an it's a overload of creativity. A lot of times people do this because they don't understand the monotony of life. And sometimes there's going to be a rhythm that you get into where it does in some ways seem boring. You know, you're going through the motions and you're going through. But sometimes you, you and I have to realize that life is like that for periods of time. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and he shifts things and he does something. But it's the Holy Spirit's work. It shouldn't be our overload of creativity that makes it happen. And let me, let me can I just, I want to minister this for a minute. Because nowadays the word faithfulness and consistency is foreign, especially in our country. If a person works on the same job for 10 years... People think they've got a problem. You on the job for 10 years? Yeah, I've been working hard faithfully. Oh my goodness, you need to do something else. You know, and this is the kind of mentality. It's like, but what if God wants me just to do this for a while? Well, it just seemed like you just doing the same thing. Well, yeah. And, and I'm working and, and you not. Because you got fired five times because you bored everywhere you go. And you just stay there for two months and then you bored. And the Holy Spirit told me to sit there and be blessed. Can I preach this this morning, y'all? And I don't mean that you, I mean, everybody want to go up the corporate ladder and you want to do this. But you want to be led, not driven. Be led, not driven. It's the same thing in church. Well, we, the services, you guys are doing, yeah, we're doing the same. And the Holy Spirit is still coming in here, saving people, filling people with the Holy Spirit. People getting delivered. They're getting set free, and their lives are being changed. And so praise the Lord. What else we need to do? I mean, what, I mean this is what we do. And so what happens is, and, and I'm not against change. I'm saying, but change needs to be done under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not just because what the culture is doing. What about the days when people would work on a job for 30 years and they would be faithful and they get their retirement and they retire and they, and they and you know what I mean? They just, and they just be blessed, man. How long you been working there? 30 years. Woo, praise the Lord. What about the days when you would be married for 40 and 50 years? And, and how long you been married? 40 years, 50 years, 30 years. People get, people get bored and they want to drive a new one. I could drop the mic on that. How long you been married? 40 years. How long you been married? Two years. I'm bored, though. You hadn't even got started, man. Two years? Because that's the culture. But the Holy Spirit, it, it takes us realizing 
that we are to be led, not driven. To be led, not driven. He said he'll send him and he will come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Look at verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So he says here his influence. And I talked about this a couple of months ago. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he is going to convict us of sin. He's going to convict the world, the cosmos of sin. He's going to show us areas in our life where there's, there's things that need to be changed because he's the spirit of truth. We embrace this. We love this. We thank, we're thankful for it. God, you through your spirit are showing me areas in my life that need to change. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm willing to have God change me in these areas because there's areas where I need to be changed. He says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. There is a self-righteousness that all of us need to be purged of. God wants to teach us, like Elder Kenyon was preaching last week, about true and authentic righteousness that comes through our relationship and intimacy with Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross. Now, this righteousness must be lived out. It's not just a positional righteousness that we're looking for. It's an experiential righteousness. So I have been positioned right, and now because I have been positioned right, now I begin to live right. And righteousness begins to have an effect in my life. Amen? And now you see righteousness. It's not just where I'm standing. It's where I'm walking. It is a road of righteousness that now God has led me on. And I'm learning to see righteousness come out of my life. And then he says of judgment. Because God is not just a a loving, forgiving God. He is a just God. So he is going to judge sin. And if the devil is being judged and we're united with him, we'll be judged with him. And so when we allow God to deal with us, we, we get freed for our, from, from our union with the enemy and we come into alignment with Christ. Look what he says in verse 9. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world or age is judged. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I want to stop right there because this is important. And for all of us, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's the one that's going to guide us into all truth and bring to our remembrance the things that Jesus has said to us. Saints, realize there is an ungodly competition I see sometimes in church that revolves around the accumulation of knowledge of the Bible. It's an it's a, it's a ungodly competition because everybody thinks that if I can remember all these scriptures, then I can be impressive and then I can appear more religious. Well, let me say this to you. This isn't a normal book. This is not like going to a university or going to a place. Unless the author... Helps you to understand this. 
you're not going to understand it. Can I have an amen? You're, you're not going to understand it. You can read this Bible until you're blue in the faith, but if you do not let the Holy Spirit give you revelation, then you're going to be reading, and it's like you're going to be reading that brick, that wall right there. You will hit a brick wall. And part of it is learning to be humble enough to allow the Spirit of God to partner with you and I so that we can understand what he's communicating. It's not a normal book. This book is alive. This book is powerful. This is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of both soul and spirit. That means it'll cut you. It'll show you where you're being soulish. It'll show you where you're being spiritual. And it will, and, and, and the joints and the marrow, it'll get to everything in you. It is a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of your heart. While you're reading it, it's reading you. And all of us have to stop and say, God, help me to understand this because I don't understand. I've been to college. I've, I've got degrees. I've, I, everybody, I got some DDs and DRs and DTRs and whatever. I got all this stuff. But when it comes to this book, I don't know nothing. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to understand this. And so what we do is that helps us from getting lifted up with pride and arrogance and thinking because we remember two scriptures that we're willing to take over the world now. I'm ready to preach, Pastor. How you know you're ready? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Brother, you know one scripture. You better let this thing get inside you and break down everything inside of you that would be lifted up with pride. Amen. And we learn to be humble. Well, it's the Holy Spirit that brings us to that place of humility so that we truly can understand the Word of God and God can process us and make us everything that He wants He wants to make us. Look what He says here. He says, I cannot speak to you now. And this is the point that I'm trying to make with all that is God gives us revelation progressively. You don't have to chase after it and rush after it. Progressively, he gives you revelation. Jesus said, I got some stuff I'm going to tell you, but not right now. You're not ready yet. And for all of us, it's the same thing. When we're reading the scripture, you have to see this as as like like a running river. One day you'll be reading a verse and it won't hit you. Then the next day you'll read the verse and bam! The Holy Spirit will turn the light on. Now we do our part by reading, but it's His job to turn the lights on. And as you're you're going through this, God says, okay, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you understanding in this now. And our job is to be sensitive and humble enough to say, God, I want to grow at your pace. This isn't a race. Stop comparing yourself to the person that's sitting next to you. Stop thinking that if I, I want to, what, what books you reading? <laughs> Don't worry about what books I'm reading. You read your books. I'm reading mine. We're thinking, well, if I can get the book they got, then I can learn what they learn. Well, you may get the book that I got, but God may block it so you don't understand nothing. Because you're not ready yet. But this is what we do. 
And so we, we compete. But Jesus said, not yet. He said, the Holy Spirit is coming. And he's going to lead you into all truth. It doesn't say he's going to immediately give you all truth. He's going to lead you into all truth. So as I go forth, I'm learning and I'm learning and I'm learning. And we'll be learning until Jesus cracks the sky. And still be learning. And for us, this is the mindset that we have to have. Because what we do is, the scripture says this. Knowledge puffs up. But love, it edifies. What happens? Knowledge puffs up. People think, well, I read that. So I got it. Well, you don't got it until you start living it. Can I have an amen? And the only person that can help you and I live it is the Holy Spirit. So we got to get to know him. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. 